Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. It's time for Bart Reed, Drive Time Sports Insider for everything basketball in Arkansas. Bart is a former college player here in Arkansas and has worked alongside many of the top college prospects in Arkansas with his pure sweat skills and drill program. Bart Reed is brought to you by Arch Street Wheel and Tire. Tell them you heard this ad on the buzz and you'll get $100 off instantly with the purchase of four Toyo or Nitto tires. Only at Arch Street Wheel and Tire. Well, Bart, it is what's known as the SEC Basketball Media Days and one Nick Smith Jr. was voted to the first team preseason all sec team that comes no surprise i think the other surprise or the biggest surprise to me uh now there were 10 players i got i gotta give the sec at least the media for the time being rick always rails upon it i mean he gets so upset about this i worry about his blood it's okay it happens every year no 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 no, hold on only only five players five to the first team, only five players to the to second be. team. Normally, right. that's good. Normally, it's about well. Normally, it's about eight or nine. No, no, no. that's good. It ought to team. be ten. It ought to be ten. Hey, we interrupt. Got to get everybody on there. I'm saying eight or nine on one team, first team or second team. Nah, five five per team. That's the way it ought to be. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. That's so. That's good. You're right. I rail against the the previous. Better yes. to have this. I just have to share this. Okay, Bart, you'll have your minute. You know, we talked a, a while ago, Philadelphia playing San Diego. Aaron Nola's pitching for Philadelphia. Austin Nola catches for San Diego. Uh-huh. Brother against brother. The Phillies, have led, they led 4 to nothing. It was 4-2. to two. Austin Nola just got a base hit that drove in the third run and just scored the fourth run. He keyed the rally that San Diego has tied Philadelphia. And I was sitting there watching that at bat thinking, how many times did those guys play wiffle ball in the backyard with one pitching against the other, and here they are in the National League Championship Series facing each other? Pretty pretty interesting. Got any good brother-against-brother brother stories, Bart? No, I really don't. As being an only child, I probably don't sympathize with that as much, but I don't have any brother-on-brother brother stories, but I was just trying to run through my head to see if I could think of a good one. Well, this would this is about as close as I can get, uh, brother on brother. And this from our Asher Record Service Company live feed feedback. Don says, uh, "Can Bart tell us who is the better overall, whether it be Dallas Thomas or Honor Botong?" Says, um, "I see the rankings are all over the place. Uh, there have they have Honor ahead one." May a lot in ESPN as Dallas. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to read this, and it's not, it's not flowing smoothly. There. Well, go ahead. I, go ahead, Mark. Randy. I know exactly what I know exactly what he's saying, and I'm just a little ESPN because it that is probably this has been a topic of conversation throughout all of the. I mean, it was at Wooten's. This was a very hot topic, and I mean, it was pretty much all weekend. Is how are the rankings this far 
off in certain situations, and how is there this much disparity between arguably who is the best player in your own state, which now is open for debate. So uh, let me say this. without I, I think a lot of Dallas Thomas, Clint Thomas, his father, I was in the gym with Dallas before I was in the gym with Honor. These are two great players. So when we talk about the differences between great players, we're nitpicking the smallest of details because these are guys that are next-level type players. They're both power five. They're both extremely, extremely talented basketball players. In terms of the resume, Honor Boateng has done more from a body of work in terms of the competition in summer basketball. He plays on an up classification versus Parkview. Central's a higher classification. I think the numbers are kind of comparable in school basketball. I think they both kind of play, play the team game extremely well. Here's where the debate comes in. ESPN has Dallas Thomas 11 spots in front of Honor Boateng at 33. Randy Rick. Rivals has honor 54 slots ahead of Dallas Thompson. <laughs> 54? And 54. Good gracious. So, and uh, 24-7 has honor ahead by three or four slots somewhere in there. So, the disparity. Here is what I can tell you. Paul Biancardi is a Nike guy. He is in charge of ESPN, and I'm not saying it's necessarily on the Dallas plays on the Nike circuit. Honor plays on the Adidas circuit. You do that does have to factor in when yep. you're looking at who is determining and who is putting out the rankings. And I have respect for Paul. He was just at Woot with us. I think he does a great job. This is where the human factor comes into play. In my opinion, they're both power five players. Honor has done enough where I think he classifies as a five star. He's too low in the ESPN poll. He's he's up to thirteen. 12th in rivals, like he's just ranked too low in the ESPN. I don't think Dallas is overranked. I think Honor is underranked in that poll. And that's that's really the gist of the conversation. They're both excellent players. They play kind of different spots. Uh, uh, Dallas is 6'8", 6'9", Honor is 6'4", 6'5". They both can play on the perimeter, but they both do extremely different things. Hmm. I don't know that I've, I've heard that much. Uh, of a gap, 54 spots between players, especially when you're going from one ranking service to another ranking service. But still, it's a lot, a, isn't it, Randy? I mean, it's, that's why it was the topic of conversation. It was, there were several people talking about it all over the place. Uh, to finish up on the <clears throat> first and second team, all preseason SEC, were you surprised? I mean, that's it for Arkansas. Nick Smith, Jr., um, Anthony Black, and Rick brought this up earlier uh, when we were talking with Quinn Grovey. Uh, Anthony Black easily could be a top-10 NBA pick coming yeah. up in June. And uh, Jordan Walsh could be top-15, and depending yep. upon how he plays this season, he might even be able to push that up uh, a notch or two. So, saying that, Tennessee – which is number three preseason in the rankings, um, they have three players, one on the first yep. team, two on the second team. What gives with, uh, I mean, what do you, what do you, why, again, only just Nick Smith Jr., why not Anthony Black, why not Jordan Walsh? Because I think this goes back to what we've talked about. We have become such a function of scoring the basketball that so much of this other stuff gets put 
it's just not as a much of a premium. So Anthony Black is a guy that's going to fill the stack column. With he's going to be ten, ten, and nine again. I love that style of basketball. That's not what sports writers and people like. Is they're putting they they like to see eighteen, nineteen, twenty points a game. Nick Smith is a raw scorer. Obviously, he deserves in that category. I would take this as a little bit of chip on my shoulder if I was a couple of the Arkansas Razorbacks because they are every bit, if not better, I would say right now than some of the players on that list. But, again, Jordan Walsh is a guy, Randy Rick, he, he's, he's a 12-7-5 guy. So you, the points are not going to stand out pop, but if you're talking about most valuable player on the court – I think Arkansas has legitimate chance to have three, maybe even possibly four, that are worthy enough to be in that. If you had three teams, certainly four. Yeah, I mean, I can understand about a guy like Ricky Council. I can understand maybe it, um, Brazil, uh, Trayvon Brazil coming over Missouri, yep. not getting much respect right now, but – um, I mean, if it if Anthony Black had had Kentucky at the end of the name, I guarantee you he'd made at least second team, and probably the same thing you could say about Jordan Walsh. I think that just goes back to you know again that uh, name across the front of the uniform. Also, at this point, I think has a little bit to do with it as well. I agree. Um, but Brazil, I don't know if you, those are top players. Pardon me? Those are top. Brazil, uh, uh, Nick Smith, uh, Anthony Black, and Walsh are all legitimate, legitimate top 15 players in the league. Potentially. Yeah. And you also, you can throw in the upcoming NBA draft possibly also. Top 15 players, all three of them. So, yeah. All right, we have a very special guest coming up next, so stay tuned for that. Hey, we have Fitz and, Hill on the, in the studio, too. We and we him. have the doctor yeah. of football with us yeah. as well. And uh, I heard the coach of the LSU Tigers speak very highly of uh, the Juice Man. So all that's going on right now down in Birmingham. All right, Rick Schaefer. The Dr. Football, Dr. Fitzgerald Hill. I'm Randy Rainwater. It's time for Bart Reed, Drive Time Sports Insider for everything basketball in Arkansas. Bart is a former college player here in Arkansas and has worked alongside many of the top college prospects in Arkansas with his pure sweat skills and drill program. Bart Reed is brought to you by Arch Street Wheel and Tire. Tell them you heard this ad on the buzz and you'll get $100 off instantly with the purchase of four Toyo or Netto tires. Only at Arch Street Wheel and Tire. All right, Bart, I'll let you introduce our next guest who is waiting on the line. Um, I understand this is one of the best in the business, so uh, I'll turn this now to you. All right, thanks. Drew, you on the line with us? Yes, sir. All right. So this is Drew Hanlon. So is the the world famous basketball trainer, is founder of Pure Sweat Basketball, which I'm I'm proud to be a part of, and I've been for several years now. Drew is a teacher of the game of basketball to everyone, not just the professional level, but also young kids, 
girls, boys, doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter the skill level. He's a true teacher of the game, loves the game of basketball, but is blessed to have. Drew, why don't you just kind of walk through a little bit of your background for some of the people listening to the radio show today? Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys letting me jump on and join you guys. Uh, you know, basically what, what I what I did was I started, uh, you know, grassroots basketball training in the St. Louis area, and my first ever client was Brad Beal as a freshman in high school. And, uh, you know, I helped, helped Brad, uh, you know, get to where he's at now. We've worked together for the last 16 years and, uh, you know, had David Lee when David Lee was an NBA All-Star coming out of St. Louis, Jason Tatum since he was a freshman in high school. I was actually with Jason uh, last night at the Celtics game. Um, you know, Joel Embiid is one of my other clients who, you know, played against Jason. And, um, you know, I'm coming down to Arkansas to do a clinic with Bard on Sunday. And then after that, I go to Zach Levine and, and uh, R.J. Barrett play against each other next week. So basically now I'm just I, I travel around the world doing camps and clinics for youth players and high school players. Or I, uh, you know, work one on one with, you know, a, a handful of NBA guys uh, that are at the highest level. Drew, that has to so, take Drew, tremendous. Have... That has to take tremendous patience to go from Bradley Bill to a third grader who can't walk, talk, and chew gum at the same time. That must take tremendous patience. It's it's funny because my high school coach just took a new job and uh, he's rebuilding the program. You know, he took the last couple of years off, and he's a Hall of Fame basketball coach and won multiple state championships and. Now he's rebuilding a program that won one game last year. He was like, you know what, I want to take on a new challenge in this kind of portion of my life. So, you know, last night I was literally with Jason and Joel were the two guys that I was, you know, uh, consulting for and at the game with and uh, had worked with them the night before their game. And and today I was working with literally a a group of freshman players uh, and we were working on just finishing with our weak hands and passing with our weak hands. But uh, to me, you know, that's the thing that I love about the game is like, you know, it gives me a platform to be able to help players improve their games and, and help players, you know, uh, you know, achieve success. And, you know, while, you know, it is fun to help, you know, I have seven clients that have you know, signed over $100 million worth of contracts. That's rewarding, but it's also rewarding helping a, a freshman make the JV team instead of playing on the freshman team or, you know, helping a kid that would get cut and make a team. And now he gets to be a part of that team that he wouldn't have made, you know, or, or a high school kid that, would have had the ball stop bouncing as a senior, but, you know, now he gets to go on and, and play college because he's got scholarship offers because he, you know, made a tweak to his jump shot that, you know, helped him out. So for me, it's, it's not even about patience. It's just I, I truly love helping people. And, uh, you know, regardless if they're the best of the best or if they're just picking up the ball for the first time, it's, it's something I'm super passionate about. And, Randy, I have to say this. To, to second Drew's point, for our campus coming up in Sheridan, Arkansas on Sunday, 12 to 3, it's at the Sheridan Arena, which is beautiful. It's brand new. It's absolutely spectacular. Drew wanted to open up the fourth and fifth grade. That's boys and girls all the way up to 12th grade. So this is not for college players, not for professionals. This is for kids that are wanting to learn the game, no matter what the skill level is. So fourth, fifth grade, boys and girls all the way up to senior high. Sunday, and the thing, the thing, that, I loved, the thing that I loved about it was, you know, Bart does such a good job training players in the, in the area. And I told him, I said, hey, I said, you know what? I said, I got a little opening in my schedule. Um, you know, if that's Sunday night, I'll actually be flying straight to Chicago to work with Zach Levine. And I said, you know, he goes, there's no way you want to do a camp. And I said, no, I do. I said, I love, you know, I, I love working with players and I don't get a chance to, to get down to Arkansas, you know, as much as, as I would like to and as much as some of the other main cities that, 
that I traveled to. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. But I mean, I know that the patient thing is there, but uh, it, it is truly remarkable how, um, you know, how a younger player, if they learn a couple things and then they, they work on those things over the course of, you know, weeks or months, how, how much better they can get in a short period of time. And, and I always try to just, just think back of, you know, when I was younger, I was in a driveway at a park at a, at a local rec center when I had no idea what to do. That was before YouTube was around. So, you know, we just had to kind of, you know, VHS tape and record, you know, games and, and do what they were doing the night before, you know, it was kind of my workouts. But, uh, you know, I try to always just be like, man, what, what do I wish I had when I was younger and try to be that for younger players? You know, you were talking a second ago, Drew, about uh, working on the weak hand. And I remember in seventh grade at 4th Street Junior High School in North Little Rock, Arkansas, the feared drill that I worried the most that I would blow and not make the team was the left, I'm right-handed, the left-handed layup. I would guess that is one of the more fundamental things that you teach is using the offhand and the ability to not just be one-handed. Of course, and it's funny that you say that because, you know, there's a lot of youth players that struggle with that. But this summer, you know, I had NBA players that were struggling, like R.J. Barrett, who's so left-hand dominant. You know, he's a left-handed player. And we spent, you know, probably a week and a half on just developing his right-hand touch around the rim. You know, a guy that, you know, just signed a hundred and I think $7 million contract, a guy that averaged 20 points a game in the NBA, and, and that was a big emphasis, you know, for us this summer was being able to drive right more, being able to finish right hands more, being able to utilize mid-range moves, you know, when he does go right more. So it's something that, you know, I always say the best can always get better. And, you know, even the best players in the world are constantly adding to their game. You know, it was funny last night, Jason Tatum – was nine for 10 in the paint, which was a big emphasis because he struggled with finishing in the finals. And that's all we worked on all summer was just, you know, finishing through contact and floaters. And last night he made a floater and he pointed to me during the game and a couple of random fans, you know, next to me that, that didn't know who I was. Like, Did he just point to you? And I just started smiling. I was like, yeah, he was just <laughs> proud that he made the floater. But I mean, even at the highest level, you're talking about Jason Tatum finished fifth in MVP voting last year, first team all NBA made the finals.